All right. Podcast night. Welcome to uh, a very special nighttime recording of the Now You're Playing with Podcast, the podcast where we go through the Nintendo Power magazines one volume at a time. This, <laughs> this week we're on <laughs> volume 25, June uh, 1990-something. It's just 1990, right? Is it 19? Okay, 1990. Hell yeah. Uh, we have a nice... I mean... Yeah, we we've lately been just bullshitting for like twenty minutes before we dive in. Yeah, you just want to start. Like, it feels th- weird to to actually be on on track here. Yeah, that's strange. But it's nighttime. Y- yeah, this is so context time. We uh, <laughs> we're recording this at night as opposed to in the afternoon when we usually record the totally, pod. Totally. Yeah. So we've got uh, a bunch of neon lights going. It's very synth wavy. Yeah, very cool cool vibe going on. Yeah, and apparently that just makes us want to get down to business We're da- <laughs> immediately. <laughs> just straight to work. Didn't even introduce ourselves. Oh just, yeah, that's uh, yeah, I'm I'm Weston. I'm Brett. I'm nighttime Brett. Yeah, I'm, I'm Weston after hours. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, we solve crimes. <laughs> During the day, we're lifeguards. At night, we solve crimes. We solve crimes. I'm but in for that. That's what Baywatch Nights was, it? right? It was, yeah. Baywatch. I didn't even know Baywatch Nights was a thing. That's it crazy. Short-lived. Oh, that sounds really funny. I really want to watch it. I, I think Hasselhoff was in it. The Hoff was, it's like a private eye. I would love, I, there's got to be like a list somewhere of like the list of the best like Jump the Shark episodes. Like not... Like I just when a show should not exist anymore and they keep pumping them out. Like I want there's got to be a few gems in there of like really oh, dude of really sh- like crazy episodes when they've run out of idea. Like I'm sure they've hit gold a few times. They did two seasons of <laughs> Baywatch Nights. Is it and is it is David Hasselhoff in it? It's a it's an American police and science fiction drama series. <laughs> I mean, that almost sounds like a like an Adult Swim show. That's like a joke. There should be. They haven't done that, have they? We're going to edit this out. We're going to put it together and give it to them. <laughs> We're going to pitch it to them. They're yeah, going to give us like $100,000 an episode or whatever tiny shred of cash they give to their shows. Is, I think $100,000 an episode. Yeah, but you got like 25 people working on a show yeah, for 100000 I'm, I'm sure it doesn't spread out too well. But you know what? That's their, that's their business model. Yeah, if it's like three busy Debras where it's just like you got the three cast members and then they're... Uh, like a small crew in like a rental location. That's not too crazy. Yeah. I guess you need like also a low budget. Yeah. I don't know. But it is like, I mean, I guess I don't know the specifics, but from what it sounds like, it's like, cause like, you know, if I was told as a kid, someone at an adult swim show, I'm like, Oh, they made it. They're good. But it's like, no, they probably made less money than, than most people probably. Right. Yeah. Or am I off base with that? It sounds like there's no money in, <laughs> in anything cartoon network. Yeah. Cause that's how we got space ghost. Cause they had, no money to do programming. So they were just kind of <laughs> hacking stuff together. Yeah. Which makes me think that like, who's it? Ted Turner that owns all those channels. Yeah. Like the minute money starts coming in from adult swim or something, he just pockets it all and gives them like still no money to make episodes. <laughs> he just like buys more uh, piranhas. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, you do it my way or you swim through the moat to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like adult swim nowadays is just Rick and Morty. Well, they they did the twenty fifth anniversary thing where they had a bunch of like like they actually the thing that I watched to date myself uh, I they put up a bunch of the old tsunami like deep space bass promos oh, that's fun where they'd have like a super dope lo fi hip hop beat from like some Atlanta DJ I, I forgot that like Adult Swim kind of like in a way like a lot of lo fi 
kind of came from that. Like they kind of like started that a little bit. Yeah, that was a, a huge transcender. Yeah, and you'd have like uh, uh, Steve Blum as Tom the robot saying like vacuously cool things about robots <laughs> over a clip, a three minute clip Man, show I, thing of robots. Even you know, I, even if they're underpaying people, I fucking love Adult Swim. It's so it's so good. Uh, uh, Look they, at us off topic. We did we did it. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, all right. Fine. It doesn't feel doesn't feel good to, to do the whistle at night. Yeah, it's a daytime. You, we need you, we need a, like a lonely saxophone, like a meow. <laughs> to, yeah, uh, I need like a new annoying song uh, sound to overdo on on nighttime. Okay, well, okay, fuck this. All right, let's. We're, we're, no, no, no. I'm looking up the lonely we, saxophone. <laughs> we got to bring the energy up here. Saxophone riff. We're let's, too chill. We're too much in nighttime energy. Just, we we got to give me. I just need sixty seconds. Uh, hey, uh, yeah, we're yeah. here. We're here at the cover. Yeah, and, and actually, to start off, I know we're we've already been off topic. I, we're probably gonna cut half that, but you know, we've been off topic. Here, here's here's what I want to bring up. I, I, this is one thing I mentioned a couple episodes again that I want to clarify. Uh huh. Um, I think I I mentioned I kind of backed out backed up Borderlands being funny. Yeah. Uh, without knowing at all what that was. Oh, you did? I did. I did. Yeah. Well, like I just heard that the new one was apparently like if you have low expectations is actually funny for your expectations. Yeah. So, but I, I feel like it kind of made me seem like I was saying Borderlands is really funny. And I just want to be clear. That Are you trying to apologize for I, saying I, Borderlands I, is funny? I'm not trying to, I just don't want people to think I think that because uh, that's definitely not my jam. I, I watched like, because I was curious because I didn't really know what that meant. Oh. And I watched like a compilation of Borderlands like jokes and my ears were bleeding by the end of it. It was, it was, uh, we still love you, Anthony Birch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I just, I, I don't, yeah, I guess that's my opinion. So I, I, I just want to uh, make sure people don't think I think borderlines is funny. In fact, <laughs> uh, in fact, I went down a hole and I realized, I feel like I specifically only like follow games media is, I think I like games media that thinks borderlines is not funny. And whenever they think it is funny, I hate the thing. Yeah. Like, fam- famous Borderlands critic, uh, Jeff Gersman at Giant Bomb. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, it seems like uh, if if anyone in games, like media, who's a journalist who thinks Borderlands is funny, I'm like, fuck you. Uh, wow. And anyone who's like, it's not, I'm like, you're cool. It's and not not out of like. So it's a litmus test. It's, it's yeah, no, yeah. It's it's more I've realized that it seems like a lot of the people because I have every podcast and like person I follow has been to always talks about it not being funny, and I kind of been getting like defensive, like, hey, guys, come on. It's it's like you're being mean to this game, but you agree. And then I now uh, you agree. Started seeing all these, but I didn't realize there was another side of the fence where a billion people in comedy think it's the funniest thing ever, oh. or a billion people in gaming. Like it, it has its it has its fans. Yeah. Like every review you read of it, it's like this game is so well written and so funny. <laughs> it's like that's like the vast majority. I wrote a blog right? post years ago that started getting linked on 4chan. Let me explain. Oh no. Oh man. The the reason it got linked was it was a thing comparing the style of comedy between Borderlands and Borderlands 2. Okay. Cuz they changed the writing team and unfortunately all the video links that I used I think are long defunct cuz it's like 10 years ago. Yeah. But one of the, you know, as a comedy writer, uh, one of the things that was really shocking is if you go look at like Patricia Tannis's uh, her story in the first game where she's introduced 
is played really straight and she's just like an intelligent scientist that the planet just drives crazy because that's just Pandora. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty funny. Totally. Like by the end, she's like, I killed this woman because she took my chair. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the second game, one of the pa- Patricia Chanis jokes was that she has this just very inventy rambling thing about having a thruple with two chairs, one of which was stuck to her ceiling or something. And it's just like, it's, it's the improv thing where it's like, you're just making shit up. It, it doesn't connect to anything. It's not, yeah, that's not how, that's not how humor works for. Yeah. Well, is it, it's specifically two that people don't like it, right? That's kind of like the, that's kind of like the, the, the bottom. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the people are more critical of it again. Like it is object, like humor is the most subjective thing ever. So it is hard to say, but yeah. So uh, after you, after you savage, but I did, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 an extremely subjective thing that I have extremely strong feelings on. Uh, Clearly, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I do too. I, Tales from the Borderlands, extremely funny. Okay, yeah. So maybe 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 because Telltale did it. Okay, so they it, the team changed a little bit. Um, it's a very is a different team. Yeah, that game's funny. Yeah, I guess I just I don't. Um, I want to make sure my my. My statements align with my actual opinions, so that's, that's right. where I'm at. So uh, instead of apologizing for something like bad you said earlier, <laughs> you, you said I said this thing was good. I just want to correct. I think it's a pile of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I did. All right, cool. All right, well, let's go into uh, incredibly funny battle toads. Uh, yeah, it's the so the cover. We're now we're now at the cover. Um, I think this cover is hideous. And I've also, speaking of things that we don't like, I've said before, I do not like that battle. We are extremely negative at nighttime. Well, it's just not. I get it. Yeah, it's not a good cover. I'm also, I'm getting personally a little sick of Vaporwave in general. It's a, it's a very neon, it's the early nineties. So it is that neon colored background and the battle toads are really neon green and yellow. And it's just not. It's not a. It's not great artwork. It's it's um, it's chonky photoshops. That's what I want to say. It's chonky. Photoshop just came one just came out. Yeah. and I've got it. Like it's, you know, it's of the times. You know, they didn't they didn't have all the tools we have, and yeah, um, you know, and like Borderlands, you know, maybe maybe it is subjective. Maybe it's got some fans who are passionate about this. Cover. I mean, I've said before. I think the Battletoads suck. <laughs> So You've the fact critical. that they're in this issue is disappointing. Although I agree with you. Like, I think uh, this actually is not subjectively bad, but kind of objectively bad in terms of <laughs> cover art. Like, I think yeah, no, it's true. A person who's gone to art school could look at this and like point out legitimate flaws. And I, I really, I think they were trying to do the diorama thing, like the little clay figurines and, and stuff, but it just doesn't, doesn't work. I think a Battletoads diorama would have been goddamn delightful. Yeah. I'm really disappointed. It, I mean, it really seems like in general that the, uh, they're a lot better at making cool claymation shit. And yeah. It's just the Photoshop technology. It's just they, they, they're not, they're not making cool stuff yet. I, maybe, maybe the technology's not there. Do you think maybe, oh man, I feel like there's like a category of Nintendo of America employee that we are just... Like, you know, the guy that rode Captain Nintendo. Oh, dude, I really, I really hope. I, I, really, I hope it's not the same guy that did the cover. I really genuinely hope that uh, nobody who, like, worked on this magazine was like, oh, I, I wonder if there's, like, maybe, like, a podcast that's gone, gone, gone over the magazine and listened to us potentially rip on them. Because I, I would genuinely feel the same way as if, like, the, a person who wrote for Borderlands 
listen to me just be a ruthless piece of shit about it, <laughs> I would feel so bad. Should yeah. we just be nice? Uh, I mean, that is the professional thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get nicer, man. We do. Um, hey, this motherfucker is quitting the magazine. <laughs> if, if we go inside the this power line. Piece of shit. About time. Fuck Howard. Howard, is, <laughs> Howard uh, Phillips, the game master, is... Uh, They're late. He's leaving. He's hanging up his bow tie, and he is going to work at LucasArts, actually, which yeah, is pretty cool super jump. cool. Yeah, honestly, I, kind of an upgrade of a job. Yeah, this is absolutely... In all, we give Howard and Nestor a hard time, like the cartoon characters. But as I think he's right in comic years, is somewhere between our ages, right? At, at this point, like 1990, yeah. he's like maybe early 30s. He's got a family, and like to look at his the career jump where he went from warehouse manager, which yeah. in itself an important job, totally, yeah. But like him able. He, he was able to use that and his love of games to turn into, like, he's now a game developer, essentially. And that's crazy. Totally. Like, we really did. It is cool that we got to, like, watch this. And, yeah, again, he, I, he's not the same person as, like, the comic book Yeah, Howard the comic book is fiction. I hate, I hate, co- I hate comic <laughs> book Howard. Real Howard, I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. But it was cool to see his journey of, like, just climbing the corporate, he's just climbing like the ladder. He's, he's jumping job to job, getting hey, that's that's the it's the millennial way. Getting upgrades. You don't get a raise by sticking with the same company for twenty years. You jump ship I all aware, the time. I wasn't aware that's like a thing. Oh, jumping ship or staying at a company? Jumping just the best way to get like raises and stuff is constantly to quit. <laughs> Brett, it's totally true. <laughs> I know that's it. from now that I'm like starting to like be friends and meet people who are a little more adult and older than me. I'm just like. Everyone's anyone who's making a lot of money does that. They, you're just constantly leaving. And you want to know a cool trick? Yeah, you can leave a company to go somewhere else to make more money, and then go back to the original company and make even more money. <laughs> yeah, it's like the way you get raises too is through other offers, right? Absolutely, and also, I raises are not a sure thing. I mean, I've worked at jobs where I literally never had like the annual review and raise and bonus. Yeah. Like it just never just, came. That's not going to be dependable. Yeah, so, so you know, loyalty is worth nothing. And, and I'm not going to get a pen in year five <laughs> and a watch in year fifteen or something. I, totally, none of us are getting anything unless we uh, claw it from our uh, betters' cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> and Howard knows that. Uh, ha- Howard knew it then, and he's he's cashing in. It's as true now as it was in 1990. Oh yeah. Mailbox. Mailbox. What do you think about? pets yeah it's like a big pet section they're going over cats i uh i, I like pets i i I'm a bit, i can be allergic so I, I i'm not super keen to ever like own one are you allergic to all pets and gen- like if it's really furry if there's a lot of fur all over the place i get pretty stuffy oh i got gotcha. you uh but i love cats cats are great dogs are great i hung out with a very cool dog yesterday Oh hell yeah! The little kind dog of, at Walt's is like this big. Hey, I it's like petting a little furry skeleton. One fun thing about this article was like, because there's like a old lady who's like, who's you know kind of a cat lady. She's like seven sixty seven. She's got like twelve cats or something. Carol Peterson, yeah. But Troutdale, Oregon. Like, I feel like sometimes when I think of people who are like a couple generations above me, like especially like someone who you know Carol's dead now, like. Uh, you know, 57. right? Fifty-seven. She's got. It. Oh, she'd be like nineties. Uh, no, eighty, eighty-seven-ish now. Okay, so she, she maybe ninety. She could uh, still be around. But uh, I feel like I just always, especially since like technology and like our versions of fun is constantly evolving. 
like mm-hmm. the, the world with technology, like the world is evolving in like, like a lot of ways. So like, I always feel like whatever they were doing when they were kids or adults are, it's completely different than now. Yeah. But the enjoyment of cats, that's a similar thing. We're connecting there. Like the ancient though, Egyptians had cats. Yeah. Like that's something like I, I always can view these people who are like multiple generations above me as like forces that I could never relate to, but they're, they were all watching cats do stupid shit and laughing. Like everyone that's been from the beginning of time, we've all watched like cats get stuck in boxes and have been like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, this feature, it's kind of just the same letter over and over just from very different people with very different pets. But it's kind of this pet freaks out whenever I'm playing this game. Totally. Or they're reacting to whatever's moving on the screen. Uh, And it's cute. My favorite one is the turtle one. (laughs) There's There's a turtle. Did you just do you just like turtles? I think turtles are cool. <laughs> uh, I'm having like kind of a turtle moment. Okay. You, did you know we had a turtle? Yes. At our place? Do you still have it? Uh, it is now KP and Chad have it. Uh, um, both, both guests of the, of the podcast at a certain point. That's right. And now that a female is involved, uh, the turtle is getting taken care of a lot better. Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot more oh, love. No. Oh, no. That poor turtle. Yeah, well, you know, it, it was getting slightly neglected by... Uh, yeah, well, it was getting slightly neglected. I don't think about it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Koopa is a cool name for a bird. That's that's true. Honestly, that, if I have a bird, I might name it Koopa. I think that's cool. It's not a bad name for a turtle either. Uh, yeah, Koopa is just not kind of like even separated from uh, video games. It's just a good pet name. I would name a dog Yoshi. Koopa. No, I, I, I feel like Koopa sounds like it's the same way as like uh, if I whenever I, if I ever wear a T-shirt from video games i kind of want it to be like kind of artsy and almost look like it could potentially not be from a video game uh, okay and i feel like naming an animal too it's like if you name a dog yoshi it's obviously from mario but koopa kind of seems like a sneak under the radar i feel like i yeah. like to, if i'm wearing my like video game shit on my sleeve i want it to be kind of like a sneak attack a little bit i want people to know but yeah you you're the op you, you don't really care like yeah i i shop on the the websites that just sell like star trek jackets <laughs> and like devil may cry trench coats you're, yeah i guess i guess maybe that just means you're more confident about your uh nerdy nerdiness than i am no i i definitely like i'm joking about that i i would feel pr- profoundly embarrassed <laughs> To, oh, really? to wear like a devil may cry trench coat. <laughs> oh yeah. Like yeah. a final fantasy coat. That's uh, yeah, covered yeah, but in buckles. There's, there's like, but would you wear like a, uh, like a Triforce shirt? No. Cause I'm not, I'm not that kind of Zelda fan. Okay. Like, I would wear like a cross code shirt. I don't know. Like, but that's obscure. That's so obscure. Like if, if you were like a shirt with the destiny logo on it, I think you just get a, my destiny beanie is in the mail. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. I actually bought. Hell yeah, brother. It was one of those that you actually had to do a triumph to get. Like I had to complete <laughs> yeah, a quest. Super, super funny concept. It's like, yeah, you can buy a beanie now. Do you want to? <laughs> that, is, that is honestly like one of the most, um, I'm jealous. That's it's I, I, like, it, it's kind of hipster in, in like a way that I actually really dig. It's a deep cut thing where it's yeah. like there's a group of people who know Destiny and are embarrassed for you, but there's the ones that know that you got this by doing the raid in the first 24 hours or whatever, yeah. and they're like, "Oh shit, <laughs> you're you're one of those top one percent lunatics." <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. They did it. They finally gave the Battletoads individual personalities. They gave them like a mass. I mean, they get so much screen time on this magazine. Is yeah. That, this is like a 30 or 40. This is Nintendo. They're pushing it, trying to make the Battletoads happen. They're real. I mean, I, I really, it, to me, this, I mean, obviously go, I've, they've never given like 
they've never been this aggressive on a marketing push before. I mean, they uh, the Battletoads got an unprecedented amount of space in the magazine. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really, I feel like they're just, since Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are so hot, they're trying to just grab that image in kid's head and quickly switch it with battle. Like I'm trying, I think yeah. they're just like trying to do a little swap here. They're, they're trying their best. And it, did, it did not work. I'd forgotten in the NES Battletoads game that you can only play as two of the three toads. Oh, really? Yeah, you can play as Rash and Zitz, but not Pimple. <laughs> oh, man. Who's the big guy? That's funny. And uh, Rash pumps iron and surfs and has sunglasses and feels like a douchebag. Yeah. Everything I see about him, he, he just looks like the worst. He has uh, handkerchiefs tied around his biceps. Zitz is a tactician. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, I guess he's got a wrist computer and, yeah, and, they're a, also, and a belt. Maybe an important thing to say is they are like also mutant buff toads. Yeah, so this is like every level of the game in extreme detail, even by the standards of the magazine. Yeah, like honestly, I mean, it's also like a notoriously hard game. So honestly, if you wanted to play it, I'm sure this guy's really helpful. Dude, uh, this turbo tunnel map takes up, so the turbo tunnel is like notoriously like that's the the infamously difficult like uh, jet ski stages. Yeah, it's the stage you don't get past, and I, that'd be cool if like someone has a memory of being like, yeah, I used this magazine to get through that impossible level. What's crazy is it's such a high speed stage. Yeah, they, they literally have the whole thing on the page, and it takes up a two page spread. It takes up probably <laughs> three quarters of it, and yeah. it's just like I a bunch of. It. it looks like sheet music. There's so many lines. Think of how long this must have taken to make. Yeah, I know. With just the solo screenshots, like the, they how many the, how many screenshots would you guess they put in a row for this single level? Oh, that's a good. Let me zoom in on this. Like three hundred. Yeah, it's it's got to be. Over a hundred, definitely, definitely three hundred pictures total in this spread because it's enormous. Yeah, massive. And the other thing is they've continued, sort of, the Battletoads comic. Yeah. So this kind of, I was pretty passionate about the first comic. Oh, that comic was amazing. And this kind of soured it for me a little bit because I kind of a lot of the weird decisions they made in that comic book. Because kind of what they're doing for this this whole like feature is. Um, they will, through a, like a game guide, give you the first two levels, and then they cut to a Battletoads comic where the Battletoads are getting through those two levels. Yeah, so the bird is breaking it down, and then the Dark Queen lady, who's constantly covering her uh, scantily clad <laughs> bod with her uh, little red uh, queen cloak. Yeah. Uh, they're all like verbally sparring while the Battletoads do stuff. And, and- they're always just doing the previous like guide you got. And yeah, it, it soured it because it made it made me realize like all these crazy decisions that happened in the last one. Uh, it at first seemed like, oh, just whoever's doing this is a creative madman. It's just like yeah. a creative, like mad scientist just making the most crazy decisions ever. A- astute listeners will remember. Yeah, the, the original the comic last month. <laughs> It said that the Battletoads was actually a virtual reality world and these three bros in like Top Gun flight suits were playing each of the Battletoads in virtual reality in front of a live studio audience for an evil corporation. And then their machine gets booby trapped by an evil science man and then it's all real somehow. And they they also, then they reveal that like, apparently this isn't actually a VR game. It's actually a portal to another world. And holy shit, 
did I not expect a Battletoads comic to have all that? But that- when I was thinking about it, it <laughs> almost seems like a marketing team is trying to like put this song and dance and kind of glitter around the game where it's like, hey, when you're playing the Battletoads, you're the guy in that VR. You're, uh, you're the yeah. guy in the VR machine. You're the guy and what you're playing is real life and you're yeah, truly it's real. I really, it, it, to me, it clicked pretty hard that it really seemed like that was them trying to market to kids of trying to just make the game feel more fun and more desirable to buy. Okay. Well, you've right? justified a thing that I thought was just an insane to- choice. Totally. Yeah. So like, um, and I don't know, I hope, I hope my heart hopes that it was just insane, cho- insanity that happened, but it, especially cause this, them doing the like back to back guide to comic and like some of the wording in the comics where they're like, like they even end this whole comic saying like, and we end here. The only way to continue this story is to buy the game Battletoads. It's like <laughs> so much a marketing push that it just really put context on the whole thing where I'm like, holy shit from the beginning, this has all been a marketing trick. One other thing from the last one is there's an evil science guy who wants to kill the battle toads, <laughs> but they're when they're just humans, they're yeah, just like human boys, human boys, uh, yeah. like college students. <laughs> and he is in this comic again. Yes. And it occurs to me now in the context of this comic that this uh, Silas Volkmeyer, he's the chief designer of battle toads. So they just made the vil- one of the villains of the game, the person who made the level. <laughs> Which really, uh, when you think about how insidiously difficult these this game is, oh yeah, like in a way, it kind of adds the lore of it. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't like he he just gloats a little bit about how horrible he's made the game, and then they check in with him a page later, and he's it's just him watching them play the game still with <laughs> this big evil grin on his face. Yeah, it was like uh, they did they go to like a meanwhile cut to thing and like normally when i feel like you do a meanwhile and you cut to them you're like giving new information like you'll cut meanwhile and here's like some a crucial thing a person's yeah. doing but when they cut to this guy he's just he's doing the same thing he's just watching them play the game and like has a mischievous <laughs> grin on his face nothing it, changed no information was passed it's it's incredible i don't know what else to say about it except that like it it both makes the first comic worse but also make more sense it makes it more, yeah and it's like it makes also like there's there's a I'm kind of falling in love a little bit with like marketing meets creativity and creating just nightmare worlds. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, no, that's it's an interesting vein to go down. It's when like in like a, the duck, in, like the duck comic we read. Oh, the duck. Yeah, when things go wrong. Yeah, like th- there's there's not enough awareness around the creative stuff to sit back and go like, oh, oh yeah, we ruined it. I've I've done something horrible. Yeah. That was my favorite. I, I did a video, a short video essay about the 2009 G.I. Joe movie because by the internal logic of G.I. Joe, the rise of Cobra, um, an ordinary army wife can become a supervillain if even the tiniest of promises is broken by her fiance. Because <laughs> she's like, they're, they're at this dance and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the little, her little brother shows up at the military ball. Yeah. And she's like, you have to promise me when you go to fictional Iraq that nothing will happen to my little brother. And then Channing Tatum's like, I promise. Okay. And then literally the next scene is the, the brother runs into a building and then American planes bomb the building. <laughs> And then she becomes Baroness. She becomes like an evil supervillain that fights with crossbows or something. Uh-huh. It's crazy. 
And you think that's just because they were these marketing people didn't know they were- I don't think it was the marketing people in that case. Also, that explanation, like in the world of G.I. Joe, that would happen. Like the mailman could become a supervillain in the yeah, world of G.I. Joe. Anyone's out, anyone's out to become villainous. What's next for the battle? To- so, so there is the last page of this spread. The, the feeling of this feature after the comic last month is like so desperately neutral because the craziness, of the, like it's just been canceled out by this like big marketing push. Totally, yeah. But they, yeah, up here they say it's a little too early to tell how successful the Battletoads will be, both in their mission and in their popularity. But they have some big plans a possible NES sequel, a Super NES game, and an arcade game are just a few of the things in the works. Yeah, they, I mean, they, I mean, man, I have just never, they really, it just feels like a full on mutiny. Like they just were trying to get kids they're like forcing them to play it and word, word from on high is you push battle toads <laughs> you push battle toads till blood comes out your face like it it almost seems like they were in the reserves and it's howard has been the sole guy keeping the battle toads at bay and as soon as he left just full full-on attack there, there's this big seal on this last page that says keep checking nintendo power for toad updates <laughs> and i have to wonder how many toad updates are we going to get? If if I don't remember, if I remember correctly, and I, I know this is a bit of a getting ahead, a bit of a spoiler at the end, but I Howard does like his final like goodbye letter, and I'm pretty sure for half of it he talks about the battle toads. I don't know if I'm remembering that incorrectly. Oh, man, does he really? But they did it so hard that they they didn't even give Howard his like proper goodbye, and they just forced him to talk about the battle toads. Maybe Howard's the one pushing, <laughs> and so what'll happen is now that he's gone, they won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Just quietly sweep that under the rug. Captain N, the Game Master. Hey, uh, it's a feature on the newly (laughs) unveiled Super Nintendo. Yeah, they're like, uh, they don't really go, like, they're kind of just showing off pictures of it, which I guess is for the podcast listener. Uh, they haven't had the final design, have they? This is the first time they showed it. They showed off the final design and they also showed some, like, old, very spaceship looking old schematics of it. Um, and they talk about the controller, which is honestly, it's a pretty good controller. Like for a retro, it's like a, it's like oh, a yeah. classic retro controller. This is the, the controller. Curves. All of eight bit dues, uh, controllers are based on yeah. just about. So they had a good controller and they, yeah, they show off all the design. Uh, yeah, they have, they have a design in here that actually looks kind of like the, uh, what is it? The NES two. There's an NES two. Yeah. The top loading uh, Nintendo system with the dog bone controllers. Oh man, I didn't know that was a thing. Is that is that kind of like almost like a DS Lite? Like it kind of like Nintendo tends to like to give like second like weird strange iterations for each one. Yeah, it, it's definitely like a later in life. We're not strange. Pretty, I mean, pretty actually, hard to you, find usually now. More optimized, I guess. Yeah, I think it's like fewer total chips or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, they they talk a lot about the technology and how good Super Nintendo is. Blah blah blah. I feel like. Anyone with a passing interest in video game history already knows all this stuff in extreme detail, so we don't need to break down everything. Totally, yeah. We, and I don't know if going over the gear of Super Nintendo is really that interesting, but great system. I'm excited for uh, to be talking about games I have opinions about versus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you feel like? Because um, I feel like you haven't. We haven't really hit too many sections of games that it's been like, oh, I fucking love this game. Do you feel like you'll have more games like that in the Super Nintendo era? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I finished more Super Nintendo games and they're, yeah. they're more substantive in general. Totally. Uh, 
And then we'll, we'll get to N64 and it'll drop off again. Hey, I, I will be uh, the proud defender of N64. Okay. Um, okay. I, okay, look. I think the worst thing about that system is the controller. If, yeah. it, if it had two... But it was jo- the first analog stick. If it had the two joysticks, I think games would hold up, hold up a lot better. Um, hey, let's skip golf and just talk about the circle. <laughs> what do you say? Um, Unless yeah. you have something to say about golf. Um, okay, the only thing I have to say about golf is, I again, I am impressed. I didn't. So many Nintendo games do this. When you zoom out on the map, it all adds together. Like there's been games where it's like you're in a pyramid level and you're going through pyramid things. And if you were to zoom out, it all actually shapes a pyramid. And it's like oh, yeah. I would never have goddamn known that. Apparently, all these courses in this NES golf game all actually form like a legitimate park. Yeah, that's actually cool. They they have like an actual. All the holes are linked together into a real golf course. Totally. Every game is doing this. Did they not realize that you could get away? Like it almost feels like if you're filming, you don't realize like you can cheat shit. Like if you open yeah. the door, you don't need to be right in front of the doorway. But mm-hmm. it seems like they're like, well, you have to because that's what. It, like I don't think they're being cool. I think they just didn't realize you can get away with not having everything add up together. Because like every game is constantly like it's they're constantly blowing my mind about how like how well things line up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I don't have a strong opinion on uh, NES Open Tournament Golf. I, I, apparently, I do, but, but I, it's cool that they're all linked. You're, you're right. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that when I went through it. That's it. Okay, that's all I got. I, all right, I got less opinions about this fucking poster. This I'm just a fucking car. Thank you, Bob. Hey, you're really down on this Bob. super cool car helicopter combat poster. I do super Spy Hunter. Ooh, I do like Spy Hunter though. Well, this is the sequel. I, I've never played it. I've only played the original arcade Spy Hunter. We should try Super Spy Hunter. I'm sure. Is it good? I don't know. Is it for the Super Nintendo? Is this a Super Nintendo game or no? Super Nintendo's not out. Man, yet. you can't have a Super. Well, I was figuring maybe like it's going to come out because Super Nintendo's coming out real soon. Super Mario Brothers. There should have been a Super Nintendo Spy Hunter game, and I don't think there was. That would been cool. I think Spy Hunter went away around then. Man, one, you... one of the games it. Should have done a Vice Project Doom 2. I, honestly, if, if like a Spy Hunter came out for the PS5, I'd dig that. I don't know what that would be. And I don't know if it'd be fun, but I would be excited. There was a PS2 era Spy Hunter game. And I think there was a movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> How was it? Did you remember these at all well received? I also have a question. What... Would you say like Wolfenstein is like the new type of game that's like the like Smash TV... You know that kind of vibe, like Smash TV, Total Carnage. <laughs> it's real. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm just thinking about like old arcade games and like uh, you know, like the kind of like, um, it's like the Smash TV, Total Carnage, like kind of like ga- there's a lot of games like where you're like a twi- buff twin gun stick, guy. like Robotron style. Yeah, but you're like a guy with the guns and you're like shooting Hitler, right? I feel like that's like constantly happening and yeah, like the really oh, like the very like escalated over the top actiony well, it's like vibe. Total Carnage and Smash TV are both uh kind of Robotron twenty eighty four style twin stick shooters where the right stick controls where you're shooting. Yeah. And the closest thing I guess to that now actually a lot of indie games have taken yeah, that control scheme. That's an indie. So like binding of Isaac is probably is the first thing that yeah, comes to almost, mind. For almost me. like a bullet hell nowadays too. Like yeah, people like are at least combining those. Enter the Gungeon does that. Nuclear Throne. Nuclear Throne. My my favorite. I played a little bit of Nuclear Throne on my uh, spare time. Did you get rocked? I got right. Yeah, I was getting fucked. <laughs> yeah, that game, that game will mess you up. 
But I actually had one really good run. I think I I got like just one weapon that was kicking ass. I don't remember what it was, but you get get a hold of that uh, golden wrench, so it saves and you start the game with it every time. Okay, because that reflects bullets. Yeah, that'll get you through the first two worlds. Hell yeah, man! Do you have anything to say about Game Boy? No, just uh, no. oh, I have some. Okay, well, yeah, what's up? What's up? Ga- game Boy section hunt for Red October. This is an asymmetrical multiplayer game. Did you see that? What? Well, one of you controls the uh, like the Russian convoy trying to stop the Red October, and one of you controls the Red October, which <laughs> in kind of a scrolling shooter format. That's pretty awesome, actually. That's interesting, yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that, that's the only thing I have to say. Yeah, I, I could agree that's interesting. <laughs> you don't want to say anything about Super RC Pro-Am? Uh, apparently, it's actually a pretty good port. Um, but <laughs> I was also realizing there's not a lot of big hits on the Game Boy in general. It just seems like kind of like shoddy ports. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's, I mean... Tetris. Tetris and, like, and Pokemon. At the Pokemon and, and, and then also Zelda Link's Awakening at the very... But like... That takes up the end of the cycle. Until then, it's just a lot of shoddy ports. I still maintain that even Zelda and like Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Land Two, Six Golden Coins feel a little jank. Yeah, I like. I think I might have disagreed with you in the past, but again, you know, I, I like Borderlands. My, you know, I'm changing my mind constantly, and I'm I'm going to be constantly like 100 sure about my opinion when I say it. And <laughs> in the future, you'll do an apology where you actually say that something is bad. <laughs> and for now, I'm with you. I think Game Boy was pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Yes, <laughs> it's it's true. It's bad, but it was yeah. port. There, it was portable. Yes, yeah, so it's more and like nobody just else. Cool yeah, that it was so portable. Um, Game Game Boy Color also bad. Yeah, it seems like it took till Advance because I think Advance is objectively good. Advance is like one of the greatest game systems ever made. Yeah, hands down, like portable Super Nintendo. I think. Oh my god. Uh, I think if we ever get to the point of the magazine getting to the Advance, and I think that would coincide with GameCube. Yeah, that hits like uh, 2001. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be doing backflips constantly because uh, that that's gonna be my era. No, me me too, man. Yeah, I, I had a GBA. Stuff. The, that whole time, and I played the hell out of it. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, oh, man. Yeah. The final the final one. Uh, was there a Lone Ranger video game? <laughs> I guess so, because <laughs> it's a Lone was. Ranger uh, Howard and Nestor comic. Yeah. And that's they, they decided to end, like, I feel like not, like, but yeah, they, I'm, I'm, they, I'm glad they committed to these little to what the what the comic is yeah it's, it's our final one we're getting more they're in some video game they're cowboys and we're seeing the classic abusive well not really though it's almost like it's more like the town is being abusive yeah like howard's it like seems like howard knows he's about to abandon nestor like he's, he's already gone it's like he won he, he i feel like nestor stopped fighting and like it seems like howard because that—that's how I feel like Howard got bored when Nestor wasn't fighting back. Like the game, the the ne- pursuit was too easy. I have to wonder if this is like to as a send off. This is actually a a flashback to when Nestor was younger because he's a lot more petulant. We should break down what's happening. So yeah. it's Lone Ranger. Nestor has gotten a ticket for hitching his horse wrong in this stupid town. Yep. Uh, it, his horse has been impounded, which is ac- <laughs> actually, actually pretty funny. Honestly, uh, ending with maybe their strongest joke. Yeah, the horse is wearing a green tarp that says impounded by 
Dodge City Sheriff's Department. Uh, I was a little thrown off because that might be the first joke that I've read on this comic and been like, I kind of like that. That That's funny. Yeah. So there's this like old timer that is there. That's like just the the KFC guy. Yeah. (laughs) I love, by the way, the art of these old timers in this city. Anyways. Yeah. And and he's like, Hey, we want our horse back. It's been impounded. And he's like, okay, well you have to get a letter from the sheriff. And the only way to do that is to catch some bandits, which is like, Oh gee, to get my horse back. I have to go catch bandits. That's a pretty big ask. This is actually a very similar joke to the uh, the one Penny Arcade did eons ago about uh, the Professor Layton games. Do you remember those on the DS? Yeah. Where they're just walking around being like, everybody in this town wants me to do their fucking math homework. And, <laughs> and in video game format, like the you know his horse gets impounded and they're like, I'll let your horse out, but you got to do a quest. Yep. And Nestor's like, are you fucking serious? And he's like throwing a fit and then... Bean. So he he does it, and so yeah, he goes to look for the uh, these these outlaws that he has to get, and an interesting thing happens where there are no guns. Yeah, so they are throwing like bottles and cans and chickens at Howard and Nestor, and then Nestor gets them all to surrender somehow. Yeah, because they think he's someone else. Yeah, they think he's the Lone Ranger. They the or Lone they think Ranger. he's Zorro. And so they all turn themselves in. And then they realize, oh, we didn't need to do that for any reason. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, I guess Nestor's the hero. And Howard's like, hey, I'm going to abandon you. And we're done. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is a part here where the sheriff is a corrupt piece of shit and uh, tries to... He tries to pull one over on Nestor by making him do more quests, but then acquiesces when the town wants to make Nestor the new sheriff and he gets his stuff. And then, yeah, like you said, Howard quits and rides away, presumably like at the end of the cowboy uh, classic Shane, he has been wounded and dies on the back of his horse in the (laughs) distance where he's too far away to see him. Yeah. Like I, I just, I wonder if Howard's like doomed to die after this. I I don't know. Um, I mean, he certainly was just checked out. He doesn't, there's really not a lot of dynamic here. It kind of seemed like, Howard is probably the whole time just thinking like, okay, I got to get out. I got to leave this kid. Uh, and he does. And, and that's the end of it. And it's, like, yeah, they, they were in a cycle of abuse. It never got better. And it only ended when the abuser got bored and that's it. That's, that's the, that's the story of Howard and Esther. Yeah. And, and like with, uh, <laughs> with many, the end of many abuser stories, they're just trying to kind of whitewash the whole thing where it's like, this didn't go how you thought it did. Look, yeah. look at this chaste, innocent, fun, non-violent comic. Totally, yeah. Like, I, I can just see Howard, like, he's got just this, this uh, false smile. He's got this just little... So he's, he's got the face of a man you would trust, but, you know, we know his history. We know all the shitty stuff he's done. He's he's trying to pretend it's, like, ending on a good note, but, you know, I, I, I know the history here. I have a theory, because they both look really young in this one. They do. Is this the first Howard and Nestor story? It's starts with Howard aban- abandoning it. Yeah, but then he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> the, next, the next issue would be Howard's like, just kidding. Yeah, this is like uh, How I Met Your Mother, where they shot the ending of the show in like season <clears throat> one or two or well, something. It's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's been a lot of time skips. Like we had a few of them a few ago. We saw them as adults. Like, yeah. like late game. So there was that theory somewhere in the middle there. Maybe it was the Ali podcast where we theorize that there are millions of Howard nesters throughout history. Yeah. And this is just another one. And we're, 
Yeah, I guess do we want to like end on like it's like Bioshock. There's always a lighthouse or whatever the <laughs> fuck they said. To- Should we end on like some sort of like what do we think? Because this is the last Howard Nestor. What do we think? What what did we experience? Like how do we, how would we describe this whole collection as a whole? Like what what did we just read? I would. <laughs> okay, here, here's what I would do. I would openly. If I could delete from history every Howard and Esther comic <laughs> except for the Ninja Turtles one and the Duck one, yeah, they, I think I would do it. I almost buy that. Like the Duck one is so crazy. <laughs> oh my god, that's still the best one, right? It, yeah, I think so. Uh, or like it's almost like a Legend of Zelda. Like there's always the hero of courage. There's always a Link. There's always a Zelda. Yeah, and they there's actually a Ganondorf, and they're always in their role. And it so it seems like there's always a Howard, and there's always a Nestor, and they're always gonna be, you know, uh, you know, like Howard's the Triforce of Power. Nestor is like the Triforce of being just a goddamn coward. Uh, <laughs> do you think when? Do you think when this comic originally came out, people walked away from it like they walked away from Bioshock Infinite, and we're like. This is the highest art I've ever seen. Probably nothing. And then a little removed from it, like we are, we're just like, what the hell? Well, I'm also starting to connect it to Zelda as well. Like, you know how like there's a Zelda timeline and it was revealed that Ocarina of Time split the timeline? That's so in Right. Do, do, do don't read those websites. Well, it is it's canon by Nintendo. I know it's insane. I know it's stupid. But uh do you think there's multiple timelines going on? Do you think at some point the timeline split? Because, like, this comics changed so much. Like, what happened to that duck? There's so many loose ends. Like, if, if, if we I want, were, I want the Howard and Nestor series that's just the knockoff. And we're, yeah, we're going back and forth in time. So it's like, uh, my, my question is, like, if we were to grab all the Howard and Nestor comics and, like, put them in a timeline, like, A, what order would that go in? And B, how many branching timelines would there be? <laughs> um, there, okay, so we haven't talked about incepting in a while. <laughs> we haven't. Yeah, it should be. Very, we should be. So very... Let me answer your question with a question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are the odds that in the in this first panel, Nestor is on the back of his horse and the horse is freaking out? Nestor is thinking, "I thought this thing came with four heel drive." Yeah. Um, did Nestor get thrown from his horse, knocked unconscious, and then Howard incepted this story into him? Whoa. Okay. And then Howard went to go work at LucasArts. <laughs> yeah, I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if like, because this, this we've really been just going world to world. I wouldn't be surprised if every single one since the beginning has been Inception as well. Yeah, so probably. Maybe, maybe um, instead of going like a complex timeline of like what timeline are they on, it's more of a complex branch of what layer in the dream world are they. We should flip a coin. Like they're probably like seven dreams deep at this point you know how if if only seven yeah it's gotta like, be more right like how how deep could they be at this point okay we should flip a coin and it heads it's <laughs> it's uh 25 layers or uh, yeah 25 issues 25 layers of inception yes they're 25 they're deep. 25 <laughs> dreams deep at this point yeah this is like inception the tv show it just keeps going uh <laughs> and then tales it's a uh, it's a branching legend of zelda continuity thing <laughs> What do, you, what do you think? 
Anything you want to add to that? Yeah. And if, if we're adding that, I would say this one, since you mentioned how young they are, that means this is the skyward sword and the whole world comes crashing down to the, they're currently in the sky. Yeah. So the, in a hundred years, it's a normal Zelda game. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Let's flip it. Can right. we add a third option? Yeah. What's the third option? Um, my third option would be that this was all in order timeline. Uh, oh, it's it's all it's all real and it's this all is the order happened. <laughs> yeah, it's just this is a straight line. Oh my god! Uh, Which honestly would be the craziest. I just remembered the hunks from that that one issue, and I just want to say I wish the, the volleyball hunks. Yeah, I wish I would keep them too in the yeah. strip because they were great. The volleyball, yeah, they, they were great. arguably the best part of the comic. <laughs> all right, so. So three options. Three-sided coin. Three is, okay. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. Uh, so one is, it's Inceptions all the way down. <laughs> Two is Legend of Zelda <laughs> branching uh, multiverse. Yep. And three is, it's all real and it all happened in order. <laughs> Flip it. No, to do that. I don't even know which one I want, to be honest. It's all real and it all happened in order. What did that mean? What did officially... It's yep. it's pretty embarrassing that we found like so much to read into, but I guess it it just happened exactly as I, it did in order. I guess we we totally overread this. Yeah, God, what were you, I? Yeah, we we went, <laughs> we really overthought this comic. I guess I feel like an idiot. All right, well, yeah, yeah, that's how, that's how it is. Right. Uh, uh, hats off to Howard and Nestor. It's been a been a sad journey. It's a shame that Nestor's never coming back. <laughs> Yeah, gone for good. We are in we're, the clear. We're free. All, all we're going to get is more Battletoads <laughs> comics. Uh, you want to take a break? Yeah. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. All right, you want to send me and Weston some emails. Oh, no. Yeah. Now you can. Now you can. Send them to mailbox at nowyourplane.com. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the guys. All right. Classified top yep. secret top secrets we information. Got yeah. Oop. I'm just going <coughs> to... Uh. Oh, if you're going to puke, I'm going to puke. Right. Okay. Rough start. Okay. Here we go. All right. Classified <laughs> information. That's the section of the magazine where they go over cheat codes and stuff. Normally, nothing to talk about, but this, uh, there was a cheat code that I thought was really interesting. Which one? So, in Mega Man 3, uh, you know how you can save in Mega Man and they like, it, or and this is in a lot of like old style games, like when you save, it gives you like this complex graph of like dots. Right? Yeah, yeah. With the, you, with the Mega Man games, it's dots and they're different colors. They're different could, colors, and and a lot of games do. Like a lot of old games before, like saving was a thing. You would you would save, and the way you would save is you get this complex grid that you have to memorize and retype in. Mm-hmm. Um, I always assumed the algorithm for that grid would be extremely complex. I always pictured it being like this really crazy math equation that I could not wrap my hand around. Yeah, but. Uh, in this cheat code section, they tell you like how to crack the code and like add stuff organically. Oh, you're right. And I didn't holy, see this. I did not realize how simple these graphs were. They're not like they're not like secret codes. They're not like QR code magic. They're just checklists. 
That's crazy. Right? And so if you beat this boss, that just means this this box is checked. Yeah, this That's is- That's all they are. It's literally a, a big graph of things you could do in the game. And if you put a dot here, that means you did it. That's You know what this reminds me of, in contrast, is the password system in Metroid, where it's letters and numbers, or I think just letters. Yeah. And- you find like weird letter combos that will spit out a iteration of the game that are good. So like Justin Bailey is the classic one. Yeah. But yeah, this is crazy. This is even simpler than that. Yeah. I I just always, I I wonder if every game is secretly this simple and it's code. (laughs) It's just like, again, there's no like scramble. There's no like secret here. It's literally just a freaking checklist. I mean, this goes back to, we were talking before the podcast about that incredible video from that guy who's doing a, the new hack of Super Mario 64. Yeah. And he, not just to to get his new levels to run better, he optimized Super Mario 64's code. Yeah. And so we're talking like, it used to run at 17 frames a second, now it runs at 41. <laughs> but that seems the opposite. That seems, that seems very complex. Or, I'm, I mean, I'm sure if you're a programmer, it's less complex than it seems. Like, I feel like there's always, like, I feel like the more you talk about, like, the more you go in tech, it's all just, like, barrier to entry. Like, once you understand the basics of it, it's like, okay, it's not that crazy. Yeah, this this feels like, uh, yeah, reverse engineering yeah. is, I guess, what made me think about it. It's, it's like reverse oh, engineering reverse. an older thing. Oh, totally, yeah, like, kind of going in and doing that. Yeah, design your own like, password. That's crazy. Yep. So they and they literally instead of like giving you codes, they're just like, hey, if you check this, like literally, there's a whole whole row of boxes that if you put the dot at the very top of the boxes, you you start the game with one power, one super power up, or the like. You have these little energy pa- packets that you can use to regain your health, and just the lower the dot is on this like line, the more of those you will have. You know what's really interesting about the the tables here? Because it, it literally is, you know, it's this full page thing where they're just saying you, you're designing your own password. So you list out what you want to have already defeated, like what yeah. weapons you've got. And like how many like how, uh, how many energy tanks life, life ups you have. Or, yeah. And then like all the, well, the goddamn worst terms. The only time, so you can put red or blue dots into each grid spot. They only use the blue dots as sort of a security system. So you put a blue dot in the right spot to match up with the red dot, which I think is really interesting. It's almost like it was a red dot system only, and they're like, oh, shit, people are just going to use this to cheat. Oh, is that how it goes? Maybe I missed... yeah, that is so. You, so if you have a red dot here, you need to also have the blue dot in this other spot. Is that? Is that yeah, how or it won't it? work. Yeah. So for oh, example, okay, if so I wanted, little, so okay, so th- that, but still, it's pretty like low level security there. Yeah, it's not very. I mean, Nintendo Power cracked it. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, that would be that. That's an interesting like thing to go down. Like to be the person who like it almost feels like whenever like video games have like a fake language and like who's the person who's gonna crack it. Yeah, It'd be, it's interesting back in the day here, cracking the password systems. Yeah, that's that's super neat. That's yeah. all I, that's all I got. Yeah, I got absolutely nothing else. Player pull contest. This is the worst contest they've done. Yeah, okay, winning a golf. So it's for the Mario Golf game or the NES Open Extravaganza, whatever. They're gonna uh, give you a golf cart and two sets of clubs. 
And then they even say below, give it to dad for Father's Day or keep it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, man. They're even calling out how like unexcited it is for a kid. But on, as a kid, having your own golf cart you can drive around would be cool. Yeah, I would like throw the golf clubs away or yeah. use them to smash things. Like I, I don't care about the golf clubs at all. I feel like the golf cart is really fun. I feel like of the prizes they've offered, this one has the most promise as far as like if you're a bad kid who wants to cause trouble. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Uh, I feel like golf courses in general is like, I actually did do that once where we just shot fireworks off in like a- uh, Like on a really nice golf yeah, course? like a really nice golf course oh, man. Uh, as kids and like kind of fucked up the golf course and ran away. Uh, okay. So I, I'm there. I, I get I get that desire. That's pretty funny. I don't like golf that much. So <laughs> yeah, it, anytime I've driven a golf cart, it's been for fun. Even when it was work, it was fun. Dude, yeah, golf carts are so, f- I, I actually, I don't really like golfing that much, but when I do go golfing, I will always grab the golf cart and it makes it so much more fun. I was hired to crew a big Nike half marathon event. In 2008, Andy worked on this too. We both got hired. (laughs) Uh, And I almost crushed Matthew McConaughey's legs with my golf cart. Really? Yeah, because he he was dangling legs off the back of the golf cart in front of us, and they stopped suddenly. (laughs) And I was like, man, I'm glad that didn't happen. That would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. That would have been fucking nuts. Uh, Were you having fun before that, though? Driving the golf cart? Yeah. Yeah. The the event, actually, that event, the... (laughs) We were hired just to kind of help out with some of the presentation stuff, but like whoever was in charge of the tech for that event, everything that could have gone wrong with like the videos playing on the big screens and stuff before the race started yeah. went wrong. Like <laughs> oh, it was no. a disaster. And we were on the radio, so I was just listening to like angry Nike employees, <sighs> like just pissed off that their really cool run is. That ruined. would have been hard if like yeah, there all this pe- all these people were like pissed off and things were going well. Then you had to be like, hey guys. I crushed Matthew McConaughey's leg. <laughs> well, that happened later in the evening, but yeah, that would have been a bad end to the uh, a bad day. Okay, I, yeah, lame prize. <laughs> or like it's, I mean, it's really lame. Although golf carts would be fun. I'm drawing a blank. There was one other thing I wanted to say about the Nike thing. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Nike employees uh, when they do shots, they yell "Just do it" in a circle. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Like literally. Yeah, that's their like chant for drinks. Okay, I can cut that out. Cut that out. All right. Uh, market cut. Okay, here's <laughs> here's one other thing I want to mention at the mm-hmm. players' poll contest. Normally, at the very end, they show Howard wearing the you know, power jersey, and I can't tell if this is Howard or now that Howard's gone. It almost looks like they casted a guy who looks like Howard. It's a Howard alike. Yeah, I think it is. I think it might be a Howard. You're alike. right. It doesn't quite look like him. The shirt is tucked in, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's that maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I thought it would be pretty funny if they got rid of Howard and then immediately got another guy who looks like Howard to pose in those. One jerseys. of the game counselors. <laughs> you, you look like him. Come with me. That's yeah. That's all I got, though. Oh, I have. Okay, so we're here at Counselor's Corner, and uh, of the counselor headshots, I just got to say, Joan Conklin. Oldest counselor we've seen so far. He's got to be yeah. what fifty. He's lo- he's looking pretty up there. He is a uh, he is a middle aged counselor. Yeah, that almost seems like maybe a guy who like um like didn't want to stop working and just grabbed a fun job. 
Oh, Maybe. dude, that's such a great take. I actually love that. Like, if he's retired, he's like, I don't know. I want to play video games and work in a call center. That's great. That'd be fun. Look at that. Do you feel like you'll be able to retire and, and enjoy your time off, or do you think you'll want to keep working? I don't know. Let's see how the writing stuff goes. <laughs> I might be. I might be working forever. I feel like it get, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's bleak. Ah, yeah. uh, to be a millennial. Yep. Hey, okay. we're, hey, we're here at the top. Oh, you're worried you just won't have a choice. Uh Oh, you're talking about like, would I keep working for fun? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's way less bleak. Uh, I mean, probably, yeah, because I've always, I'm just somebody who has projects. Like I've always got yeah, you feel like going on. Do you, oh, do you, do you have a genuine worry of like having to work through your old age? Yeah. Really? I don't know. Maybe, maybe things will get better before then. Yeah, I, I maybe this is a podcast. I yeah, well, fuck. Well, we'll see. Welcome to uh, now. You're playing knights. <laughs> getting We're getting real more, about growing getting more, old. Getting a little more real. Hopefully, really. Uh, I, I never figured like what would be like. Do you just need like this comfortable amount of savings that you have to hit to to be able to be like clean that you're? Yeah, with the way that it's shaking out, you need like what X million dollar, like two dollar, three million dollars, so that the interest can can like sustain you for, which is, yeah, yeah it's a pretty hefty amount. So yeah, you, you need, to really be saving. I don't, I don't got a million dollars yet. Were you, um, irresponsible? Like, were you, re, were, did you like not, because I always have people telling me at my age now with like, Hey, you should really start making those like Roth. Art. Like there's apparently all these like investment yeah. paths I should be going right now that I am absolutely neglecting. Yeah. When I was, in, <laughs> when I, when I had like my first actual <laughs> salary job, I was not really making enough to have much savings to so, go towards all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the downsides of like living in LA and making the small amount of money I was making at the start there. Totally. I'm doing better now. So I do have some savings, but yeah, you gotta, I gotta pay down like student loans and totally yada, yada. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, if I continue to make more money over time, you get the pay pass you pace you're at, you could potentially get to a, a place where you're good. Yeah. But you never know. Is that, there's some fear there. Is, is that, Hmm, maybe, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see. All right. I'm rooting for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm rooting for you too, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not having a worse position than you. We'll see. Yeah. It, it can't be that much, <laughs> that much worse. <laughs> oh, hey, if I, I've learned how to program, I'm pretty sure that's a high pain if I can get it. Uh, revenue generating assets. All right. Robert Kiyosaki. Um, <laughs> Hey, we're here at the top 30. All right. Uh, top 30. Let's start at the number five spot. It's, uh, it's Star Tropics. Star Tropics. Mikey Jones. There we go. Number four. We got Final Fantasy. Classic. Final Fantasy. Number three, Mega Man 3. <laughs> Mega Man two, 3. <laughs> lining up. Uh, number two, finally down. It, it's been at the number one spot for, for ages. Mario Bros. 3, after 15 months at the number one spot, is down to number two. You know why I dropped a spot? Why? Luigi. Luffy. Yeah. <laughs> and people were like, oh, come on. Little, I mean, is Luigi in Mario Bros. 3? Is that the issue? He's not in it. Oh, man. You, I'm pretty sure it's player the, two plays is Luigi. It's the lack of Luigi. Oh, he is a, he's the second player character. But, you know, he okay. so him being in the game is why it's bad. <laughs> and uh, number one. for It's Battletoads. It, no. It's, no it's, it pretty much is, though. It's yeah, Teenage it's, Mutant it's Ninja Turtles. It's a good Battletoads. It's who Battletoads wannabe. It's the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, the arcade game. Uh, yeah. Kids, I, I, again, I never realized how much little kids freaking love the turtles. At this point. Oh, my like, God. It's crazy. 
we were we were madmen and women. <laughs> we were crazy. Yeah. Hey, you want to you want to know what's weird about that first level of uh, TMNT, the arcade game? April's apartment building has those giant bowling balls just rolling down the stairs endlessly. <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> That's kind of fun. Classic <laughs> peoples. This celebrity profile is funny because they introduced David Leisure as a car commercial guy, <laughs> even though he's on a sitcom. He's on MT. Are, is Empty Nest a sitcom or a drama? I don't know. I actually don't. This is before my time. I think it's, oh yeah, Empty Nest is a sitcom. Pretty pretty crazy to introduce him as a guy that sells uh, Isuzu cars. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything else to say about that. Wait a minute. Except for the part where he mentions that the cast on Empty Nest moons each other oh. from time to time. Good. That sounds like a fun, fun group. Oh, a bunch of wacky, oh, wacky kids. Look at that. Hey, it's the it's the pack watch. Um, that Bill and Ted's excellent adventure uh, game. Previously, I think they just had pictures from the movie. Yeah. Uh, this game, I I'm sure it's bad, but yeah. looking at it. I kind of wanted to. It kind of looks cool. It's got an isometric format, yeah, like top down. And I like Bill and Ted. I like. I want to like it, but there's no way that's good. All right. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's right. really, really dry. That's the magazine. That's the magazine. Uh, uh, final, uh, Ho- final Howard and Nestor ratings. Oh yeah, uh, we. You did mention earlier. Did Howard push the battle toads in his going away letter at the yeah. end? I'm looking at it now, and I do not see any mention of Rash. Pimple or Zitz. So I don't think he was the one behind the big battle toads push. Oh, yep. Yep, you're right. I misremembered that. Um, he does say that he's going to buy his own subscription to Nintendo Power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, okay. So what he mentions is also uh, you'll get to hear about his cool LucasArts games through the magazine. Which seems a little silly because you know they just gave him a free one, right? Yeah. <laughs> the the subscription but you gotta like kids don't understand like kind of you know corporate buddy buddy like yeah we got you man we're gonna hook you up (laughs) yeah well they may maybe as a joke they signed him up for 100 subscriptions (laughs) so every month he got 100 issues of nintendo power that seems like a mean but funny thing to do to an old colleague yeah i'm in for that that's fun uh yeah we made it through the issue yeah look at that can you play the What's that one sound? There we go. Hey, hey right on cue. There we go. Um, and to answer your question, Howard and Nestor both get zeros from me. You're going to end on that. You're going to end. Well, you know what? I'm going to kind of balance them with threes. Okay. Uh, three out of ten. So halfway between three and zero is 1.5. So <laughs> not a great note, but, you know, good for them. Uh, good riddance. Good riddance <laughs> to both of them. I'm sure that I'm excited uh, to never see Nestor again. Yeah, it's it's I'm glad that he's gone. He's never coming gone back. Gone for good. Thank God. Oh man. Is there anything else we should rate? I feel like we got through that too quickly. <laughs> we yeah, the second a quick second half. Uh no, I think we're good. Uh, we're, or maybe rate nighttime nighttime versus daytime. Oh yeah. I'm gonna give nighttime okay. So I, I'm gonna rate day and night. Yeah. Oh, together? Uh, I think you got to do them separately. Yeah, okay. I was going to say that kind of defeats the purpose. Oh, you know what we should do is we should use that Mega Man 3 grid and give them like, give them ratings, but also if it's blue or red dots. Okay. Uh, so okay. Dart, dot color and rating. Okay, cool. So I'm going to give daytime a red dot 
in the four A grid section. Okay. So that's a that's a four out of ten. I, Daytime. Uh, okay, got it. Red for day. And night, I'm gonna give a six out of ten with a red dot. Really? Not blue dot for like nighttime? Nope. Okay, well, I'm gonna go a little more logical than you did. Uh daytime, Why? I'm gonna go Why would you do this? <laughs> I'm gonna go red dot be the sun. Uh and I'm gonna give the daytime. sun's not red though. <laughs> Wes, and you're gonna make this hard, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give daytime eight out of ten. I like this the sun; it makes you happy. Uh, you get vitamin, whatever, from it. Um, some energies. Then I'm gonna give. Yeah, but that's when you have to work at your job, unless you have a nighttime job. That's a good point. So yeah, that's when you're working. Unless you're a bartender, or a security guard, but or like a, or a DJ. Okay, okay. So I'll, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Okay, it's a red dot. Uh, manipulating your scoring system. Yeah. And you know, you know, if, um, and then nighttime, I'm going to give a blue dot cause that's nighttime. <laughs> okay. And, uh, um, I am more of a night owl. So maybe I'll give that an eight out of 10. I, I do like nighttime sometimes, but you don't get the sun. You don't, you don't get the, you don't get the, you don't get the energy. You don't get the, the vitamins. Yeah, but it's it's cooler outside if you go for a, for a little jog. I like the heat though. Up the, oh, I like the okay. heat. So actually, I want to give it uh, zero out of ten. All right. Wow. Oh, that was. <laughs> Here we go. Nighttime. Here we go. Is that is that is that the whole yeah, show? That's it. I think we're done. <laughs> cool. We did it. I think that's our shortest one. <laughs> bum bum. It's just because the whole thing was a bell touch feature. The Now You're Playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. That's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>